Welcome to the One Badass Working Mother podcast. I'm Katherine Ferguson, and in this podcast, we talk about the relationship between work, motherhood, and everything in between. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Crystal Maki. Crystal's an interior designer of her own firm, Silverwing Interiors, and she is a master of reinvention. Before she was an interior designer, she was a school teacher. She worked in TV news and she was a stay-at-home mom to her three kids. She tells us how she got into interior design after being home with her kids for about six years. And for all of you planners out there, I really want you to pay attention to this part because no, she didn't have a 10 page business plan. She didn't have all of the answers laid out ahead of time. But what she did have was a connection to her intuition and a trust in herself to try something that she had never done before. Crystal talks about what intuition means to her and how the natural intuition that we have as mothers can be brought over to our careers and our businesses. We chat about how doing work that you love can fill you up energetically, which ripples out to other areas of your life, how quality of time is better than quantity when it comes to work-life balance. Crystal acknowledges that, of course, it can feel really scary and risky to try something new, but not putting your ideas into the world is depriving it of something that it needs desperately, which is more creativity, more connection, more beauty, and more love. Because can you imagine if more women did this, it would strengthen the entire collective for mothers everywhere. So get your pen out and take notes. This is a good one. And while you're at it, check out Crystal's gorgeous interiors. You can find her at silverwinginteriors.com, which is also linked in the show notes. So without further ado, here is Crystal. Crystal Maki, thank you for being here with me today. Um, for everyone listening, I'm here with, as I just mentioned, Crystal Maki, who is the owner of Silverwing Interiors. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So how about you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and what your business is. So, um... You know, I'm Crystal Maki. Um, I own Silvering Interiors, which is an interior design firm, um, largely residential. Um, we live in Little Silver, New Jersey, um, and my office is in my home. I have three children. My oldest son is um, 14, and I have an almost 12-year-old daughter and an almost 9-year-old daughter. You thought you stopped saying, like, I still say, like, 11 and a half. <laughs> it may I, I do. My kids do. They're like, I'm 11. I'm like, they're almost. I taught for 10 years. I met my husband, and I was a teacher. I knew that I probably wouldn't teach forever, but I stayed in it. He was training uh, to be a doctor at the time. We moved to, once he was done with his training, he got a real job. We moved to the peninsula area mm -hmm. and I was a stay-at-home mom. I had, at this point I had my, um, I guess my 14 year old was like four and my eight year old was two. And I ran a lot, ran, 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 mm -hmm. ran. I like raised my kids and my husband had normal hours for the first time ever since I had known him. Shortly thereafter, shortly after moving to, to Little Silver, mm -hmm. I had my third child and was happy at home for a couple of years after that. But when she got to be like two and a half, I was like, yeah, I need something else. Like two and a half, three, 
I want, I want something that, I just want something, I want to use my strengths. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend at the same time call me and ask me, um, she just bought a new house and she knew I had an eye. Um, and she said, I do not like my interior designer. Can you finish my house? And I said, um, yeah, I guess so. So I started working on finishing the room she gave me and putting, you know, accessories in and figuring all that stuff out. Then she said, and by the way, can you also start a company? Because I want to be able to purchase items from you. And I looked it up and I was able to start a company. I started taking classes at the New York School of Interior Design because I wanted just something to back up my eyes, something legitimate. It just kind of demolered from there and or snowballed from there. Um, I got a full um, brownstone in Park Slope. I worked on a renovation for that. Um, I worked in Westchester in a Tarrytown townhome. And it was great because it was project-based. I was always at home. I always picked my kids up. I always dropped them off. Not always. If there was something, if I needed to be at site for a visit, but that was few and far between, I would have someone else pick them up and I would get home later. But basically, I would say 95% of the time, I was present picking them up, dropping them off, making them lunches, doing everything they needed. Sometimes I was able to, once I had picked them up, just stop and do whatever else was necessary. Um, and then I would just continue it at night. So I drove them to their lessons and I, you know, I, I did, and that was important to me. Um, I really wanted something that was a happy medium between being a mother and being a productive, like producing something from, from my brain mm -hmm. and, and from, you know, for myself, for other people, like making my mark on the world, if you will. So I just, for me personally, I just, I needed something else and I wanted something else. Um, yeah, and especially after, so it sounds like you had already been home for a number of years. So it's like right. you would, that you would have that as your, your profession, so to speak, because right. it is a profession, like it is a job um, that I think is often overlooked or undersold. Um, but I, I want to go back to something you said. So you're at home you have this inkling that you want to do something else, not quite sure what it is. And then your friend gives you this opportunity to, to design her house. Right. And you mentioned before we started recording that, yes, you do have an eye, but I'm just so curious as to like your thought process at that point when you're like, yeah, I'll design the home. We're like, yeah, I'll go get, I'll go like take some classes. Like, and the reason I, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit is I think those types of opportunities can often maybe be dismissed out of hand by some people because maybe they're like, oh, I don't, I don't have that experience or I'd like to, but it's not the right time. So what was it that made you say yes to that opportunity? That's a good question. I think my, my mother was an artist and I had never done anything um, artistic. She passed away when I was young, but I guess it was always in me. And so I had done the, you know, I had gone the route of, of teaching and giving back. And, um, and I wanted to kind of, I was at the point where I was like, I am an artist. This is something I want to do. I just don't know how to utilize it. I don't know what to do. I was like, do I go work in fashion? 
probably not as a 36 year old woman unless I wanted to start my own label, which I could have done. Mm -hmm. I think really I was headed that way and she just kind of, it was, it was um, serendipitous, really. I, I'm pretty good at taking chances, although this was a big risk. And I have to say before I, my corny story is, before I started my company, I was scared. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like who, what gives me the right? And my husband and I went to a spa for our um, 10 year anniversary or something. And I went to a shaman. Okay. You know, went in a spa in Utah, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and it like was really, really, it, it, I use the word galvanize mm -hmm. and it really like kind of brought things together for me. And I was able to kind of in that session, in that, whatever it was lying on that bare skin rug, imagining myself in a boat, mm -hmm. um, was awesome actually. Um, but you know, I was able to kind of like let go of all the fears that I had and just, just go forward. And I came home and I started my business. I think I didn't give you a, a clear answer and I, and maybe there isn't one. I don't know. Maybe I'm just unclear. No, but I think it's important that you mention that fear aspect. And the, the reason why is I think it, it can feel really scary to start something new, right? Especially when you have kids and like, you know, you feel like it's risky, but just because you have fear and it's like you were, you were starting to like say, say this a little bit was that it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't still move forward or you shouldn't like look that fear directly in the face. And you should tap into, I mean, I think partially, like as you were speaking, what, what I did was I probably tapped into, into my intuition mm -hmm. and going to having that experience of the shaman or whatever allowed me to tap into the intuition. So it didn't feel, um, it felt like a risk, but it didn't feel horribly risky because really the worst that could have happened is nobody hired me. And it's, you know, but you'll never know if you don't try. Mm -hmm. um, and really just tapping in and being still with yourself and just like saying like, what am I, what am I put on this planet for? You know, like, why should I be here? What can I do? How do I, I think everybody has that inside, right? Well, I think that's a, an important point. And I'm curious, how much does that intuitiveness play a part in, you know, like how you are in your business or how you are like at home? Is that, is intuition something that you rely on a lot? Yeah, it is. And it's something that I, um, I have to talk myself into trusting myself sometimes because your head gets in the way a lot. My head gets in the way too. I mean, when I'm designing something, I think I'm pretty good at my job. I think, you know, I, I think I am. Um, and people have hired me, and so I guess they think I am too. But when you're making a decision and someone's paying you to make that decision and paying you for your eye and for your expertise, it's, that's also really scary. And so I find that my head was getting in the way a lot. And so what I've tried to do during COVID, which has allowed me to do it, because it's been still, it's been a little bit more still, is just kind of trust myself a little more and, you know, I don't have to find every single perfect option. I can find that one perfect option. And with my children, definitely. I mean, any one of them walks into the room and within 
10 seconds, I know what their mood is, what they need. And moms have that. I mean, I think that's a really, like, that's, it's just a need, you know? And it's just a matter of, like, tapping into it and allowing yourself to be still and allowing yourself to make mistakes. It sounds stupid, but I, the Michael Jordan quote, do you know what I'm talking about? Which one? It's all the mistakes he made. And it's what, why it makes him the best player, made him the best basketball player in the world. Life isn't perfect. Allow yourself to take chances. Tap into the things you love, the things you're attracted to. And I think see where that leads you. You'd be surprised when you kind of tune in what the universe gives you. Like my friend, I tuned in and my friend contacted me. That was serendipitous. Yeah, and it's, I think a lot of women and moms especially are so caught up in the day-to-day, like they're so overwhelmed with their to-do list that they're too busy and overwhelmed that they miss those opportunities. They're, they're not open to them necessarily, or maybe they think they are, but it's, it's easy perhaps to overlook because it's, they've overwhelmed themselves with so many other things to do. They're not taking that time, like you said, to slow down and really listen. And I think it's really interesting because being a mom is about being selfless, right? So, and, and one would think that, you know, when you embark on taking time away from your children um, to do your own thing, that it's, it's a selfish act. Mo- some moms might even dismiss it because they're so involved in giving. I did it. I did it for five, six years. You know, I stayed at home. All I did, I figured out where my kid wanted to go to the playground. I, you know, made them lunches. I planned their play dates. I still do that. But I have something for me, too, that makes that feel a little less monotonous. And I'm modeling what, I'm modeling that there are things in life that are big. It's like the idea of balance, right? It's like the buzzword that everybody throws around. And it's like, well, how do I balance the kids? Like, how do I balance stuff at home when I also have, like, a demanding job where I run my own business? And I, I think the, the nuance here is if you're, if you're doing work that means something to you, right, as opposed to just kind of like stuck in a job that feels awful or you're like kind of over or like you're overstaying at home with your kids, the, the interplay between work and at home, like that's, I think, where the tension is. Work saps your energy, so you have no energy to come home what, like, and be with your kids as opposed to, and I, I'd love to ask you how this looks like for you when you're getting energy from what you're doing, you know, like when there is that connection, I think that that, it it doesn't just stay in that bubble, right? It doesn't just stay in that work bubble. It kind of trickles out. It's like, um, like the ripple effect you throw a stone in and it kind of ripples out to, to everything. And I'm curious if you feel like that's been something you've experienced. I'm really happy when I'm working. And what I, what I kind of say, and I, I've said this out loud to other parents, um, who have their kids on tight schedules, and maybe I shouldn't have said it out loud to other parents, but <laughs> gotta be who I am. Um, I'm like, if I'm, if my kid, if I'm overscheduled, or if my children are overscheduled, which, you know, in turn makes me overscheduled, I'm not a nice parent. I'm not good. Although maybe my kids wanna do 25 things all at once, you know, three kids, you know, and I'll be 17 different places the end result of that is just me being miserable I balance it by saying okay like let's look at the time we have you get to pick one or two things 
you know, so I think the same thing extends to my work. This is something that brings me joy. And then I can be joyful in my interaction with them. And I think, you know, you always hear the, the adage, right? It's not the quantity of time, but the quality of time. And I really, you know, like when I come back from, a, from an installation and I've driven to Westchester and driven back and, and I walk into my house, I'm so grateful for my kids and I'm so happy to be home. And all I want to do is hug them and kiss them. And, you know, and, and I'm still on my phone during the installation if there are any problems for me to sort out and I'm still there. Mommy's always there, you know, and that's, that for me is really important. And I'm, I'm grateful and lucky that I have the ability to, to do that. I can still be a mom and still do things that fulfill me and probably, like you said, make me a better parent for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Not for everybody, but for me and my family, this is definitely what I need. Yeah. And I think that's really important because so much of our culture is still stuck in that compare and despair. It's like, you know, looking at other people, you know, and especially what you might see on social media and thinking, okay, well, my life isn't as good as that, or my job isn't as good as that. So that's a really important point. I hope more women can realize is that it doesn't matter what your neighbor next door is doing. It only matters, like you said, about getting still and asking yourself, okay, what's going to work for me and what's going to work for my family? Right. And when you have that inside and you're confident in that, then all the other stuff, it it doesn't go away, but it's certainly the din. it goes to a low din, right? It, hum, it hums instead of screams. You're solid when you're happy, then the keeping up with the Joneses, that is so much a part of life in the 21st century and Instagram and Facebook, then that becomes a little bit less prevalent. But I think it's totally too how you approach it. Like there's a lot of talk out there about like how social media is bad and it like promotes all of these bad things. But you can approach it in a way that creates connection, you know, like you can use it for connection instead of comparison. And I think it just depends on how you've kind of been talking about. It's like, okay, how are you thinking about it? Like, how are you approaching it? How can you use it for you instead of against you? Right. And, and I, you know, I'm a major proponent of social media and I'm like big on Instagram and building my following and, um, and I've gotten people who've contacted me on Instagram for design work. And so it's a really, really great platform. But I, I think, I think they, again, like it goes back to what you said, balance, right? You can get lost in there. You can go down the rabbit hole and like just spend your day like on Instagram and not even necessarily comparing yourself, but not going with it. I think it is being able to saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. Right. matters is that I'm true to myself. And I, I want to ask you, and if this is something you can describe, let me know. And if, if not, we can move on. But you've mentioned a few times relating to intuition, going within, getting still. You also mentioned the word confidence. What does going within actually look like for you? Do you have a special, like a specific practice that you do? Or is it in the moment? What what does that look like for you? I don't think, I think I'm, I'm, introverted by nature. So I think, you know, and I was an only child. <laughs> so I think I, I need a lot of stillness and, and quiet period in life. So I think that, you know, just sitting in my office, being in science in, in my home, in a space where I do my creative thinking, which is my office, 
And I think it's having just the downtime to do that, you know, and I think um, I'm fortunate because my kids are older that I don't actually have to schedule that as much. I'm not someone who's like going to wake up and meditate. For me, sleep, sleep is essential. I'm from a family that needs sleep. We, we worship the sleep gods, like my father ever, like ever since, you know, I've known him ever since I was small, has taken a nap every single day. Oh my God. And he's like, it's like starting a new day, you know, like he's like, but sleep is really important for me, you know, sleep in silence. And, and I don't, you know, and I don't, I go up to my bedroom at like 930 um, and setting boundaries. So like if I'm out with friends, I'm a very, people don't love it, but I'm a very Irish exit kind of girl. <laughs> yes. I just get overstimulated and I just need to like go and I can't like, expl- I just need to go like I'm out. So I think it's just knowing who you are and like setting those boundaries and, and, you know, um, maybe rubbing my, my, my crystals a little. Mm -hmm. I also, um, it's funny. I used to have, um, objects, I guess my crystals would qualify, but I had, um, gold wing earrings that I wore and I swore they like gave me mojo. So that's another thing. Like if you have like, I, I have a, a writer friend who wears like a crystal around her neck and she sits her and she like, those kinds of things. Um, it's not a yoga class. It should be, but it's not. <laughs> um, you know, and maybe it will be in the future, but. The idea of the crystals or the earrings, what I was thinking as you were speaking is it's like a constant visual reminder to kind of slow down or go within or set the intention, you know, so whether it's a crystal around your neck or a post-it note on your mirror or, you know, something you're hanging above your door, it's what are the practices you can do, you know, or women can do that will help them slow down. Cause I think we're all so chronically, as you said, overstimulated, yeah. we're so chronically overscheduled yeah. that the alone time, the quiet time is often the first thing that gets dropped. And it's also, it's also, unfortunately, often what happens when you're exhausted at the end of the night. That's not like productive thinking time. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am, you know, like by eight o'clock, like my kids know, my husband knows, I need to be up in my bed, like mind numbing TV. (laughs) Like I I like look forward to that time. So really to find a time when your most um, creative in your thinking. And for me, that's the morning. That's when my brain is going. That's when like, I'm really alert. Um, that's when I do all my best thinking, work, creating. So I think that's also, because I think a lot of us say, okay, at the end of the day, I'll have a minute to myself. At the end of the day, I'll have a minute to myself. At the end of the day, you do, but is it like quality minute or is it just like where like you're buzzing from the day? It's just being aware of what that is, you know? So it, it's like you actually have it built into your schedule, whether it's like actually on your schedule or not. And I just in right. response to what you said before is you're like, I don't schedule it, but it sounds like it's just part of the fabric of what your everyday looks like. It is. And I, it just, and, and part of the reason why that is, is because I, I mean, largely it's my kids are my drivers. I want to be a good mom. And I want to be kind and alert and available. And I can't do that if I don't have that 
time, if I don't have that quiet, if I don't have, I just, I, then I get resentful of them because they're alive. I, lo I love my children, man, but children are a lot. They have a lot of energy. They have a lot of needs. They have, they're, it's a lot to manage, especially when they come in multiple, you know, packets. <laughs> you know, like, it's, when there are a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, when they're like three and you grew up as an only child, it's like, oh my God. Um, so to avoid this, I like to do this, you know, like, and, and it does make me a better mom. They, and they know it, allowing them to see that this is like what allows you to be centered and present mm -hmm. is really valuable. My, my son, who's four, gets it more now, but it is definitely something I have I talk about more like, and sometimes it's mommy needs a minute. She's going to go into the other room <laughs> when they're home or if I am with them all day. Uh, or it is when my husband walks in the door from being at work, it's, you know, okay, mom's going upstairs for five minutes. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He tags in, I tag out, but there's a lot of that, you know, and there have been times where I have not done that and it's not, for anybody. Right. And, I, and I think the thing about it is, is that I think as you get older and you become more stimulated, it, this is such an interesting conversation, but like, as you become older and you get more stimulated, you, you tap into your intu intuition less, but that's not the case for children. Right. Children are much more in tune with just kind of the base, their basic needs want, like they don't have all the noise, mm -hmm. right? So I think that intuitively when you tap out, um, while they're young, they don't completely understand it. I feel like they, almost like they get it, right? And, and, and seeing you do that over the course of their lives, they're going to get it more and more and they're gonna be like, you know what, when I'm overwhelmed, I get to tap out. Yes. It's a great model. I don't have to suck it up all the time. Yes. If I'm unhappy, I'm allowed to like take a minute we can learn a lot from our kids, ton. I agree. It's the, I'm forgetting the name of the author now, um, but it's her whole platform is that our children are our greatest teachers. You know, if we yeah. stop and take the time to listen and pay attention. Totally. Unfiltered, they say what they think. They're, you know, like, I love kids. I love kids. Kids I and know. animals. I'm I know. <laughs> I say about my my daughter I'm like she's cute but she's psycho cute but psycho like the song um, <laughs> um I want to touch on something before we you know just before we get to the end of the conversation before we started recording and actually think at the top of the call you mentioned the word reinvention mm -hmm. you've constantly been like throughout your professional life even before you started your interior design business reinventing yourself and you reinvented your career a few times before you, you know, were home with your kids and then completely reinvented it to be an interior designer. So I'm just curious, what does that like mean to you? Like, how does that manifest in your life? Um, just like the idea of reinvention. I think the, I think the interesting part about me is uh, while I am pretty type A at work, I'm, I'm pretty like free and loose about time. And I, believe in evolution um, and not in like the biblical sense, but like I, I believe that people change and grow and things change and grow and you have to adapt. For me, reinvention, I think always felt exciting because I never wanted to remain stagnant. Maybe it's because I'm an artist, 
you know, maybe that's my, like, maybe it's, that's my thing. I'm always looking at ways to be creative and to, you know, push the envelope to some extent. I did reinvent, but, but part of what it was, was it was also learning, right? So I, when I graduated from college, I worked in TV news. I worked for WNBC and Good Morning America. I was good at the production end, but it was, you know, it's kind of like the, um, the adage, like every guy you date leads you to your husband. I mean, or one would hope. Yeah. Uh -huh. right? Like every, every person I dated helped me further define what I would accept and wouldn't accept mm -hmm. and what I wanted and didn't want. So it's almost like, and I really love the picture aspect. And I think the creative aspect, putting pictures together to make a story is almost lends itself to what I do now. But what I didn't like was the culture and what I didn't wasn't, wasn't excited enough about was truth be told news. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was, I was never like a news junkie. Like I like the lifestyle stuff. I like the fun stuff, but I, I was never one who like read the newspaper every day, knew, you know, I, I didn't do that. So that helped me define, well, maybe this is not what I should do. And then I started, um, and even while I was doing that, I was volunteering at a hospital in the children's ward because I wanted to like give back. It didn't feel like what I was doing, like, fulfilled me. And then I was doing that, and I was like, well, maybe I could just work with children, because I love kids. And my father was a guidance counselor, and I guess I never considered it, because I wasn't going to follow in his footsteps, the rebel in me. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you get older, you're like, oh, well, maybe he's wise, right? Like, maybe this is a good idea. So instead of volunteering at a children's hospital, I... I started getting my master's and I taught and that was amazing and I loved it, you know, but it's really tiring and I really, my priorities shifted when I had children. Like when I was pre-children, they would walk in, there's this, I, there was a story about a guy who, a teacher who like gives the kids high fives every morning when they walk in. I was totally that teacher. Yeah. Like every morning, every kid would walk in, I'd give them a hug. We'd start a day with a hug every single day. And I loved it, but, and, and I would stay until six. I actually got locked in my school one night and had to hop the fence in <laughs> Brooklyn. That was another, so it was amazing. I set off the alarm. It was great. Um, but, you know, I would work until six or seven at night. And I would plan lessons and I would get involved and I would email, well, I don't even know, am I old enough that I didn't email parents? I might be. Uh, and, but then, you know, I had my own kids and I was like, no, all this six or seven o'clock is BS, especially with, with my husband training and, and he's a doctor, he's not available. So there went that. And I was okay with that. Um, and I was really happy to be able to stay home with my kids. Like we, I'm very, very fortunate. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I did at a certain point know that I needed to figure it out because I wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't want to stay home forever. You know, it's the idea that every experience that you have teaches you a little bit more. Yeah. You know, it's like you learn what you want, what you don't want. And why I think it's important to highlight that is because, especially for someone, for instance, like you started something that you technically like had no prior experience in. It, that's amazing to see because there's a lot of women who might have like an idea, but what's holding them back is this idea of like, well, I don't have the experience, you know, like I haven't done it before. I don't know how to do it. You have kind of flipped that on its head. 
but all of your experiences, whether or not they look exactly like what you want to do next, have given you the experience that you need to at least take the next step. And I think you're doing that too. Like you, by, by, by giving, you know, by creating this platform, you know, cause, cause really what is it that stops us from being creative or having these new ideas is fear. Right. And so you're kind of using your platform to say, you know what, maybe it's scary, but like, I got your back. Like I want this. The world needs more creativity. They need more good ideas. They need more people taking positive risk. We need so much in this world. And if you can almost think of it as by not taking that next step, by not exploring that option, even if it's knitting caps, you're depriving the world of something potentially beautiful, potentially awesome. You're depriving a subset of people from having that experience too. We need to be a collective, especially in this time. And I know that this country is founded on the notion of independence um, and independence is great, but I think that like we need to really start thinking of ourselves, moms, women, people, um, as a collective and what are our talents and how can they, you know, make the world a better place? How can they enrich someone's life? You know, so I think if you can do that and if you have the message that you're sending, Kat, which is awesome, that, you know, the, there's so much good um, to be had from, from taking those risks and from sitting in the stillness and from figuring out what you want to do. Um, and it could be, you know, joining the PTO and changing the curriculum, or it could be spending 10 hours a week doing something just for yourself. That's really valuable. We're, we're valuable. Like we are valuable. We're not just like mommy machines. We are people with brains and hearts and we're valuable. And I want to hear from other moms. No, I love that. We're not just mommy machines, <laughs> but no, uh, like amen to everything you just said. And I, I want to be respectful of your time because I know we have a hard stop. So I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll follow, we'll, we'll end with you telling everybody where they can find you okay. is if you could offer one piece of advice to a woman who maybe is, you know, sitting at home with her three kids, for example, and is like, okay, I got to do something. I want to do something, um, but isn't quite sure where to start or scared to take that first step. What piece of advice might you offer to her? I have two things to say to that. One is um, I have a I have a hippie uncle called Uncle Buck. Uh -huh. and he um, he told me when I was in between boyfriends, right before I met my husband, write it down and be specific. If you want him to have one brown eye and one blue eye, put it on paper, write it down, make it specific. So I think, you know, kind of um, making, creating a physical reality for what you want um, is important. And I think if you don't, if you're, if you're stuck on what that physical reality is, I think just try things you like. If you like singing, join a choir. If you like knitting, join a knitting group. If you like playing poker, go to the Borgata post-COVID. Like, just, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, just, but, but you can't, you're never going to figure it out if you're, if you sit at home and don't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's hard to take part in the world and it's scary. And I definitely hide out in my office a lot. My advice would just be to like, 
start whittling down at, you know, um, what your strengths are, what you love, and exploring within that framework. And, and just, you know, again, again, always tapping into your tuition, intuition. It will lead, trust yourself. I love it. Crystal, where can people find you and see more of your beautiful work? Because I've seen it and it's amazing. Um, I, I have a website at silverwinginteriors.com. Uh, um, I'm also like a big Instagram girl. It's a really good platform to show images. And I have a Facebook page, but that's, I don't use it as much as I kind of use Instagram. Okay. Um, what's your yeah. Instagram's, what's your Instagram handle? I think it's Silverwing Interiors. Silverwing Interiors. Okay. So I want to work with people who want to make their homes workable and beautiful and sanctuaries because I really, truly, truly believe that it changes your entire emotional state to be in an orderly, beautiful space. You know, and I'll work with people to make that happen. I think I really, I flip the script and I really just want to help. I want to help people make their homes beautiful and make their lives better. And I think interior design does that. Awesome. Crystal, thank you, so, thank you so, so much. This was an awesome conversation that went in places I wasn't expecting it to, but I'm really glad that we talked about what we did. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you. It's so nice meeting you. Hey, if you want to create a long-term fulfilling work-life balance that works for you and your family, then send me a message to learn about my personalized coaching program. I work with moms to take them from overwhelmed to decisive, directionless to purposeful. Because being a working mom isn't a reason you should settle for less. I actually believe it's an invitation to raise the bar for what's possible so you can have the type of life and career that you would want for your children one day. So check the link in the show notes to find out more and send me a message to find out how my one-on-one -on -one coaching program can work for you.